Revelation. Amen. Man, God is good. I'm just, you, you know what? It's just an uh, uh, awesome opportunity to get to do life together. But uh, even together, you know, even together, we're, we're not all that we can be until we get God involved. Right? And, and you know, it's not, it's not enough. I mean, it, it's uh, Proverbs 18.1 says, uh, he who willfully isolates himself from God or man seeks his own desire and is void of sound judgment. Living isolated, that's wrong. Okay, biblically, to live isolated, you're wrong. Okay, so let, let, let me just give you a little pastoral uh, exhortation, correction, encouragement, however you want to take it, I don't care. It, it, if you're living alone, it, it, in, in Ephesians it talks about the, the body being mem many members, and, and each of those members belonging to the body. And, and uh, the Bible talks about don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. And go study that verse out. And he's talking about thinking that you don't need the body. You need people in your life. I said you need people in your life. And you need God people in your life. Okay, You need people who are going where you're headed. And maybe some who have been where you're trying to get. And, and, and you need God people in your life. But, but you've but you got to have God too. Come on, you need a relationship with, with God that, that is growing and vibrant and life-giving. And, and that's where the Holy Spirit steps in. Without the Holy Spirit, even the Bible says, the, you know, hey, the letter killeth, but the Spirit gives life. The Spirit gives life. And, you know, the last thing you want to do is, is, like, just be religious. You, you don't, you, I said the last thing you want to be is religious. Man, we, we need relationship, that's something that's real, and, and we need it daily, okay? And you need to be walking with Jesus, but being led by the Spirit. And uh, to get the Holy Ghost operating in your life, man, I'm telling you, it's one of the best things that's ever going to happen for you. Yeah? Come on. You know, you know what's really cool is uh, some of the testimonies that I'm, I've been getting already from people just over the last couple of weeks. And, and uh, one gal, and I'll probably butcher her story, but one gal came and she said, you know, hey, I, you know, she's a single gal and, and she hasn't been working, didn't have a job. But she was getting up to go do something and she felt like the Holy Spirit stopped her and said, you know what you ought to do is get cleaned up and go out and put in job applications. And she's thinking, well, that would be nice, but this is really what I wanted to do. But that urging just kept coming. So finally she just listened. She got herself prepared and she went out and she decided she'd go to some place that she would really like to work and she went in there and, and filled out an application and that was like on a Monday and on a Wednesday she got a call back and, and a, for an interview and she went in for the interview and then on the Friday they hired her and, and this, this being led by the spirit thing, let me tell you something. Hello somebody. You know, he's, he's got something that he's going to guide you into and it's going to be really, really good for you. Huh? Think about it, this, this unfair advantage that God's given to his kids in the form of, of the Holy Spirit, right? You, you know, and, and, and walking in that and understanding that, that's what we're talking about. And, and it's Christmas time, and, you know, there's a lot of talk about gifts. And, and we're going to talk, we're going to keep talking about the Holy Spirit and unwrap the gifts a little bit, all right? Let's, uh, let's unwrap, look at somebody say, it's time to unwrap the gifts. I want you to open up your Bible and, and get ready, just go right to, right to the front of the book and, and go to Genesis chapter 1. And, 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 I, and I just want us to, uh, to, to notice something. And uh, uh, man, I, I'm telling you, I'm pumped about, about what I get to share with you tonight. And there's, it's going to be revelation. I hope you're prepared. 
Okay, uh, but check this out, and, and, and you know, and just kind of skim down through there as I as I rattle along here for a minute. But in Genesis chapter one, in verses three, six, nine, eleven, fourteen, twenty, twenty-four, and twenty-six. Okay, you with me? Okay, uh, in, in each of these places, three, six, nine, eleven, fourteen, twenty, twenty-four, twenty-six. It, 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 you know, and God said, and God said, and God said, and God said, and God said. And I'm telling you something, God's saying some stuff tonight, and he's speaking into your life tonight. But it's really important that you see this in Genesis 1:26. and God said, hey, let's make man in our image and in our likeness and let them have dominion over all this other stuff that we've made, okay? So you got to see this. I hope you write in your Bible, underline, highlight, do something, circle all those, and God says, and go back and look at them. But this one, you got to really get. God said, let us. Everybody say us. I'm telling you, you got to understand this, that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and, and uh, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to dive into trying to define the Trinity tonight, but let me just tell you something. There are three separate personalities, but they all make up one God. And, and, and when he said, let us, it, see, they're all present in, in the creation process. Let us make man, humans, human, in our image and according to our likeness, and let them, everybody say them. Yeah. Okay, now he's talking about us. He's talking about, the, you know, mankind, the human, and the human is, is, is not like uh, anything else that he made. See, in the process of creation, it's kind of funny. I got to think about this because, uh, uh, you know, like Keith and Lenny Carter have been with us for like, what, 45 years or something like that, and if you, if you add them together, right? And so, uh, and they've heard me talk about this forever, but it's the process of creation. The way that God did everything in the beginning is, number one, is, is he it started with decisions. God started making decisions. He decided what he wanted, and then he decided what he wanted it to come from. Okay? And then he spoke to what he wanted to come from, and what he spoke came out of what he spoke to. And what he spoke had to remain attached to what he spoke to in order to survive. Okay, you got that part? Okay, so he decided what he wanted. He decided where he wanted to come from. He spoke to what he wanted to come from. What he spoke came out of what he spoke to. What he spoke had to remain attached to what he spoke to in order to survive. See, here, one of the things that, that believers don't get is that if you don't know this, if you, if you don't know this, you, you're an easy target for deception. God made a decision, and, and, and he, he decided what he wanted, and then he decided, where I'm, where's that going to come out of? And, and then he starts speaking, and, and, and he speaks, and, and he says, let's, let's, let's make man in our image. And man is an interesting word. It's, it's, it's human, human, and it's two words put together to make one word. It's humus, man. Humus and man. And, and, and humus is dirt, and man is spirit. And when he said, let's make man in our image and in our likeness, you know, up to that point, God had decided, you know, it's like, hey, when he, was, uh, when he wanted grass, uh, what do we want grass to come out of? Let's make it out of dirt. Uh, what did he do? He spoke to the dirt. What he spoke came out of what he spoke to. Do a genetic study on grass. What is it? Dirt. dirt. You know, and, and cattle's dirt and fish or watery dirt and, and stars. Uh, he didn't speak to the dirt. He spoke to the firmament and, and the gases. And, the, and, and you study these things out, and everything that God created is that it came out of what he spoke to, and, and it has to remain attached to that in order to survive. But when he got to, to humans, human is, is, is an interesting individual because humans is dirt and spirit. Okay, and, and so the spirit, the man part, see, man, let's make man in, in our image and in our likeness, and he spoke to himself, and right out of God, 
You, you, you can't. You, you, you are a spirit. You possess a body. Right? You, you live in a body. And, and, and you got a soul, but you are spirit. You are spirit. You, I said, you are spirit. Everybody say that. I am spirit. Oh, say it really loud. Man, I'm a spirit, which puts me in a different category from everything else. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, hey, uh, the Father's seeking people who will worship him, and, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You ever wonder, well, well you know, we've we got to worship him in spirit. No, it, it, see, if you ain't got a spirit, you ain't really worshiping God. Your dog's not worshiping God. I don't care how fluffy Charlie gets. Okay, you, you're a spirit and, and you worship God. And so what God did is he took a piece of himself and, and, and he said, I'm, I'm going to form a body uh, out of the dirt and, and I'm going to take my spirit and, uh, and, and that spirit, I'm going to put it in that body and I'm going to put that body on that planet and I'm going to give them, look at what he said, us, we're making man in our image and we're let them have dominion. Let them have dominion. Okay, so he took his spirit, put it inside that dirt suit, and on the, on the earth, he gave them dominion. So God, who is unseen, took a piece of himself, which is unseen, put it inside a body, which is seen, and put it on the scene. So you got the unseen putting the unseen in the scene to live upon the scene. And then he gave the unseen living in the scene dominion over the rest of the scene. Hang with me. Okay, so God, the unseen, takes of himself, the unseen, puts it in the scene, puts him on the scene, and gives him dominion over the scene. So God wants to rule the scene through the unseen living in the scene that he put upon the scene. And he said, so we're giving them dominion. It's important that you get this because a lot of you guys are wondering when God's going to do some stuff, but God ain't got dominion. He gave it to us. So we have a whole new precedent set right here at the beginning of Genesis where God said they, they have dominion. So in order to have dominion on the earth, there's a couple of things. There's some parameters that you got to fit inside. Man, you, you got to have a spirit, you got to be spirit, and you got to live in a dirt suit. And if you don't have it, you ain't legal. That's why when you die, your spirit just goes to be with Jesus. Why? Because you ain't legal no more. See, you're put here to exercise his dominion on the earth. So God's intention was to exercise his dominion on the earth through his children that he had taken of his spirit, the unseen, and put it into the dirt suit, the seen, so that they could have dominion over the unseen in his place. Then Eve's there in that garden, and here comes this serpent. Ever wonder, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm just odd, but sometimes I wonder what, what, what's up with that. Well, because in order to communicate with Eve, man, the, the enemy needed a body. 
And so he, he gets the body of a serpent, and he comes in, and he just appears legal. And he starts talking to Eve, and, and, and he points out to Eve that, you know, hey, God said that if you eat that fruit, you're going to die. But I'm telling you, you're not going to die. You're not going to die. You're going to be like God. Well, she already was like God. She was made in his likeness and his image. Matter of fact, she wasn't just like God. You're not just like God. You are of God. First John 4, 4, my little children, ye are of God. See, and, 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 and she got them, or, or he, he got them to eat that fruit, and, and they're looking around thinking, well, we didn't die. But yes, they did. It was the spirit that died. And it died that day. There was death and separation. They were separated from God that day. And, 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 and dude, you know, how many of you love the promises of God? Amen. I love the promises of God. There's a promise of God in Genesis chapter 3, verse 14, 15, and there's somewhere. But it's not a promise to man. It's a promise to the enemy. And God makes a promise to the enemy, and he says, hey, you know the woman that you deceived to, to uh, create the fall of man? Guess what? I'm going to use that same vessel to bear a, a, to bear a child, and that child's going to carry a spirit. And, and, and because of that, the, the, the human race that you tried to, to, try to deceive, the, the, they're going to bruise your head, and their heel's going to be bruised by your head. And God made woman, isn't it crazy that God made woman different from man? And, and, and in that womb, there, there's, that, there, there's this part about the womb when, where she's going to carry a child, but the mother's blood never mixes with the baby's blood. And it's really important because uh, we're going we're gonna to put a child in there, but it's not going to be just any child. But, but Mary, Mary, she's going to carry, carry the, you know, the child, but God's going to give the spirit. And the blood, which always comes from the Father, needs to be perfect and pure blood to take care of the sacrifice and the sin that man has fallen into. So he, he, he's going to come and, and right, out of the same, right out of the same vessel that the enemy used to bring deception, I'm going to bring restoration. You know, it's crazy. In, in, in Isaiah uh, 7, did I give you that one? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign, and a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name uh, is going to be called Emmanuel. 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 Or Emmanuelohim. God in dirt. See, man, are you getting ready for Christmas? Let me tell you something. You got something to celebrate. There's a little bit more than, a, than just a baby. Later on in Isaiah, like chapter 9, he said, Unto us a child is born and a son is given. Hey, Mary, you're going to give birth. You're going to get, you know, the child's going to be born, but the son, he's going to be given. He is like, Mary, you're going to carry Jesus, but Jesus, he's going to carry Christ. Jesus is the house. The spirit I'm putting in him is the tenant. And he's going to make stuff right so that the human can be back in the position to exercise dominion in the Father's stead on earth. He's going to be legal again. Because in order to deal with the fall of mankind, it had to be dealt with legally. Why didn't God just stop Eve? I mean, you know, I thought God's powerful. I thought he was awesome. I thought, I thought he had, you know, authority over everything. Why didn't he stop Eve? Well, because he had given dominion to man, and if he broke the promise there, you'd never be able to trust him anywhere else in your life again. 
So he was so faithful to his word that he didn't break that promise either. Hello, somebody. Is this crazy? I mean, you, and, and you got to get it, and you got to know it, and you got to see it, and you got and, and, and you got to embrace it, because there's something that took place there, you know. And and I'm telling you, it's something that you and I need to have an understanding of, and, and we need to we need to get it deep in us, because it's the Holy Spirit in Jesus that came to recommission mankind and reposition once again. Mankind to exercise dominion on the earth legally. You know, it, it's really super clear if you think about it. We don't even have to put these scriptures up because you know them. The disciples came to Jesus one time and they said, hey, man, teach us how to pray. They said, okay, pray. This is how you're going to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our Father, who's not on earth, He's in heaven. God, the Father, is in heaven, the unseen. So our Father, the unseen, who's in heaven, hallowed, which means he's so worthy, so full of character, he's worthy to receive his desire. Our Father, the unseen, who's in heaven, you're worthy to receive. So let thy king dominion come. Thy will be done on earth, the seen, even as it is in heaven, the unseen. Pray this way, that God, that you would begin to communicate that the unseen would have clear communication with the unseen in me so that I could exercise his desire on the earth just like it is in heaven. See, the gift that you got to unwrap at Christmas isn't just the baby. I mean, thank God for the baby. The baby, you know, the body was going to provide, you know, that sacrifice, but it's the spirit that was going to empower the rest of us to operate in our dominion again and to have the victory that God intended for each and every one of us to have. Hello, somebody. The birth of Jesus corrected all that was wronged in and by a legal action performed by a legal person walking in dominion on the earth in order to reinstate legal dominion to the man who was created in the first place to operate in dominion on the earth legally. Because God set it up so that we would have dominion. And he sent Jesus, born of a virgin, but empowered by his spirit to reinstate us so that we could walk in dominion correctly, legally on the earth. The Holy Spirit in you is communicating with God so that you can have clear understanding, insight, revelation, discernment, so that you can demonstrate Satan's defeat every day you're on the earth. I mean, right about there, we ought to be getting super pumped. That, 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 you know, hey, hey, the comforter, the counselor, the advocate, the, the, the helper, the standby, he's alive and well, and he's in me. And it's not just to leave me here on my own, but, man, he, he's got a purpose and a plan, and, and it's going to happen. Check this out, Genesis 1.1. Let's just read a few verses here. And in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. 
And God said, let there be light, and boom, the lights came on. And God looked at the light, and he said, man, that looks good. In the beginning, God started this process. And, 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 and the earth was filled with, with darkness, and, and, and some translations say chaos. Here's something you need to know. Here's something you can unwrap tonight about the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is not intimidated by darkness or by chaos. Matter of fact, he's sort of attracted to it because he's hovering, hovering, which means to relax as is ready or on standby. Oh, the Holy Spirit, he is our standby. And he's hovering there, and what's he waiting? He's, he's patiently awaiting for, uh, the, for, the, for the heart of God, the will of God to be communicated to him so he can do it. And the Father, the Father, you know, he, he sees all of this stuff and he says, let there be light. But when God speaks, that, that's the word of God. That's Jesus right there. And what does Jesus do? Jesus expresses the, the, the will of God. And, and what's the Holy Spirit do? He went over and flipped on the switch and the lights came on because he's the power of God. So you got the Holy, my God, somebody, you got the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you that's not freaked out by the chaos you're engaged in. He's not afraid of it. He's not intimidated by it. He ain't freaking out, but he's just patiently waiting and anticipating the opportunity to once again hear the expressed will of God. And what's he going to do? Well, Jesus said the Holy Spirit, he ain't going to do nothing on his own. He only does what he's heard the Father say. So you can come up with all kinds of junk on your own, but the Holy Spirit can discern whether or not that's God. Why? Because he's in close fellowship with somebody. Here's why you need to be in the Word and in close fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Because in the middle of chaos, you have the ability to express the will of God and the Holy Spirit to start operating going, my God, this is going to be awesome. You got, you got to see this. You got to know this. You got to understand this. This is, here's what Christmas is about. See, it used to be that when chaos showed up, we didn't have no Holy Spirit to, to empower us, to, to, to give us the ability to, to produce it. See, we all want to make everything God, man. God, do this. No, here's the deal. is his, He doesn't have that dominion, but you do. Think about this for just a minute. Have you ever noticed, and maybe you haven't, which is fine, but let's just clarify it for you, that everything God does, the enemy, he just tries to duplicate and pervert. He just tries to make a false copy, right? So if the Holy Spirit hovers, I bet the unholy spirit hovers too. And if, he, if he's waiting, if the Holy Spirit is waiting, you know, patiently anticipating the opportunity to hear the expressed will of God, I bet the unholy spirit is patiently waiting. Probably not patient. He's probably jumping up and down and trying to knock cans around, and he's trying to mess with your world so that you won't take time to think about it, but he's waiting for you to say something contrary to the expressed will of God so that they can go to work and making that happen for you. So in the middle of a financial catastrophe, you can begin to say things like, my God, we're never going to be able to afford this. And the unholy spirits are going, yeah, and they're having a heyday in your world. While the Holy Spirit is alive and well on the inside of you, 
patiently anticipating the moment that you would begin to say what he's heard the Father say so that he could do what he knows the Father's will is so that in the middle of a financial, you know, chaotic moment, you would just stop and say, God, I just thank you because I know that all my needs are met according to your riches and glory, and I just thank you today. And the Holy Spirit goes, good Lord, now we're going to start flipping on some lights. See, one of the things you need to understand about the Holy Spirit is, and, and the Bible, you know, it talks about grieving the Holy Spirit and, and uh, you know, and offending the Holy Spirit. Quenching the Holy Spirit. Throw up some of the other verses I gave you. Put them up there. Got a lot of stuff to say. Keep roll, roll through them. He's going to guide you. He's not going to talk about his own. It's not John. It's like Ephesians, I think, the one I'm thinking of. Did I give you an Ephesians one? What did I give you? Don't let foul or pollute language, polluting language, or evil words or unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth. Why? Well, because it saddens the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he's patiently anticipating to hear something God would say. And he said, you know, hey, you got to stop letting foul, polluting language. Look at your neighbor and say, watch your mouth. You, you know, uh, some of you guys, let, let me tell you. Let me tell you what you need. Let, let me just tell you what you need. You need to just shut the old pie hole. Huh? Because, you know, stuff goes sideways and stuff comes out. And, 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 and you need to get a grip on the lip, okay? Why? Because it's Bible. Don't let foul and polluting language come out of your mouth. Don't let it come out of here. But only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of its words. Let me tell you something about your words. They impact spiritual progress. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And it should only be beneficial as fitting to the need and the occasion that it might be a blessing. Here's a question for you. What you just said, was that a blessing? I mean, when you say, you suck in a blessed way. No, it's, you got you to get a grip on this thing. And, and look at verse 30. He said, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit. He, these things are tied together, folks. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't offend him, vex him, or sadden him. I don't, I don't want to go like super, super deep on you. But let's just talk about offending the Holy Spirit. Well, you mean the Holy Spirit sitting in the corner somewhere mad and upset because of something I said? No, he's off-ended. He's taken off the end or purpose that God designed for him to operate in your life because you won't control your mouth. See, you're in chaotic situations begging God to change him while you're talking trash about him, when what he needs you to do is speak life into him so that you would be godlike. You are of God. Well, I just can't. Yes, you can. You have strength for all things. You are ready for and equal to anything that comes your way through Christ who's infusing you with inner strength. What is that inner strength? I think it's the strengthener, the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you. 
See, we know that we we know that some of the gifts of the Spirit are words of wisdom and knowledge. And, and you know, most most church folk, what what they want to do is operate in the gifts at church. But I'm gonna tell you where you need the gift operating is in your house, and you need the gifts operating in your workplace, and you need the gifts operating at Costco. So that you could have a word of wisdom that you would speak, you know, a word of knowledge like, don't do what you're thinking about doing right now. Just back up. Don't do it. And you're talking to your spouse. Got a word of wisdom for you, Tom. Don't think those thoughts. There's a word of wisdom for you. Get, get, a, <laughs> get a grip on the lip. Get a grip on the lip. Because, man, I'm I just telling you, is there a verse 31 there? Look at this. And let bitterness and indignation and wrath and passion and rage and bad temper and resent. We got some work to do. It's stop that quarreling and brawling and clamor and contention and slander. Quit speaking evil, abusive, and blasphemous language. Let it be banished from you. Why? Because you have the power that turn the lights on upon the inside of you who's having to stand back when he's supposed to be the standby. Here's what Christmas is about. <laughs> it's about dominion being reinstated to the children of God who are operating his will on the earth. Our Father, who's unseen, you're so worthy. You've been so good. Your plans are so awesome. Your intention towards me is so strong. You're so worthy to receive your will. God, what I've been asking for, wipe the, wipe the slate. The Father, the unseen Father, Who's in heaven? Thy king dominion come. Let, let me begin to communicate with the Holy Spirit so that I can begin to hear the express will of God for my life. So that it can be accomplished on the earth just like it is in heaven. I know you're going to give me my daily bread, and you're going to keep me out of trouble, and you're going to deliver me. God, I need to know how to enforce your will on the earth. See, because I think when the unseen took a piece of the unseen and put it in the scene to rule on the scene, that he had a pretty good plan set up. But when we got separated and when we lost our authority, a lot of us learned how to live that way. We learned how to live life without the victory that we're supposed to have. We learned how to do life our way. A lot of times, a lot of times we'll even go to work and try to make the house, you know, make the house look as good as it can forgetting all about the tenant of the house. But it's not what it looks like from the outside, but it's the life that's dwelling on the inside 
It's going to make all the difference. Unto us, a child was born, but a son was given. So you can call him Jesus, but I've already named him Christ. And the Christ that's going to live inside the Jesus is going to give mankind the opportunity once again to legally walk in dominion on the earth. Where you don't have to fake it. Where you don't have to be a pretender. But where you can have victory, dominion, authority. You can demonstrate Satan's defeat every day of your life. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Let's just pray. Father God, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. Help us. Help us be quiet until we know what you would say. God, we want our mouths to be wellsprings of life. Let the Holy Spirit, let the Holy Spirit come into close fellowship with each and every one of us. God, the times that we've saddened, vexed, offended, God, it wasn't because we wanted to. It's because we just weren't very smart. So give us insight and revelation, wisdom, discernment, and understanding. Holy Spirit, you're our helper. Help us. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, there's no better time than a, during Christmas season to receive the gift that was in Jesus See, that relationship with God to be back in right standing and to be repositioned, to be made whole by a body that was broken so that you could be whole, so that you could contain the Holy Spirit. If you're here tonight and your life has been separated from God, if there's any part of you that's unsure we're all going to pray a prayer together, but if there's any part of you that's unsure where you stand with God, then you get personal and you make this prayer that we're all going to pray together, you make it your prayer tonight. And you make a 100% positive decision. And tonight, I'm getting my life right with God. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to operate in my life, but I'm starting with the only way to the Father. That's through His Son. If you're here tonight, you say, Pastor Tom, I, I'm going to make this prayer my prayer. Just, just, just so we can pray together. I just want to agree with you in prayer. Just hold your hand up really high and say, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's awesome. Awesome. I'm telling you, man, life is incredible when you finally get life. Jesus said, I've come that you might have and enjoy real life to the full till it overflows. Everybody in this place, just pray this prayer with me. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. Give me vision. I choose to live for you every day of my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. 
In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.